Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus, And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. Today, we're talking to Mike Farley, and we're talking about the Million Dollar Pool Design Challenge. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk, and we ain't talking about netting and jetting and splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank all our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, Blu-ray XL, Aquastar Pool Products, and Pivot Pool Products. We want to thank them for their continued support. Mike, good evening. How you doing? Yes, sir. I'm doing great. It was a hot one today, but we survived. Yeah, were you out in the field a lot today? I had to measure a couple of job sites and be on a couple of construction sites. So luckily uh, it wasn't in the afternoon, but well, it was up until one. So it was a hot day. It was to that border heat, right? Because today out in Texas was at least a bear for us, right? Yes, sir. It certainly was. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of crazy out there. So I had to go out to let the dogs out for a little bit. And I walked outside and I said, wait a second, what am I doing? I'm not staying out here. (laughs) (laughs) A little too hot. All right, guys, before we jump in and we get started tonight, it's just myself and Mike. Everybody's out in the everybody's out in the heat, Mike, except you and I. I think we decided to do the right thing at the right time. <laughs> yes, well, or, or they all escaped and went somewhere else, maybe. <laughs> They're maybe in the pools, kind of relaxing, right, while they, we're doing the podcast. That, that's what it's all about. All right. All right, guys, before we get started, there's a couple things that I want to talk about, and that is, number one, if you have any questions, go to poolnation.com. Go up there. We have a button that says submit questions. You can press that button in there and you can submit the questions on there. And we will answer those on the podcast or the Instagram live. The other thing that I want to talk about is that the Pool Nation Awards, those will be held on November 16th at the International Pool and Spa Patio Expo. And that is going to be in Las Vegas this year, right? And Mike's going to be there too, because the challenge is out there. So that's kind of exciting. Oh yeah. Back to Vegas. Back to Vegas. So the nominations are open from July 15th to August 15th. So go out there and nominate, go to poolnationawards.com and submit your nominations. The other thing I wanted to talk about really quick before we get started is that we are going to be doing a pool girl financial business training on Saturday, September 24th from 10 to 6. That's going to be out here in Frisco, Texas. And the other neat thing is that we had so many women reach out that we decided to do a female networking event on the evening of the 23rd. So it's going to be a full-blown networking event. We're going to have some classes on there. We're going to have a Q&A session. 
Jamie Novak from Aquastar Pool Products will be doing a workshop called Sheer Determination, a personal branding and leadership class for women. So to register for the financial class, go to poolnation.com. There's a button that says financial business training. And then the first week of August, we will have the registration for the networking with the details for that event. Mike, let's get this party started. So Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? And you know, you've been in the industry for a while, but uh, I want the listeners to know who Mike is. I obviously know you. I watch your stuff. I follow your pages, but tell us a little bit about yourself. It started a long time ago. Uh, back in Lubbock, Texas, I decided to get a degree in landscape architecture when I was getting out of high school. When I uh, graduated with my degree in landscape architecture, I wanted to do residential design. Uh, that was not the preferred thing in my industry, but that's what I love to do. And shortly thereafter, I moved to Northern California long ago. I went into dinosaurs roam the earth, <laughs> got my degree, and there was a recession immediately. And so I went out to California and started doing landscape work, and one of our clients was a pool builder. And so with that, I, I was the landscape guy that worked behind all the pools, and I got really tired of them putting the pool right in the center of the yard and then taking all the money <laughs> so there wasn't anything left. And then another recession hit in 1992, and I was like, I'm moving up the food chain. <laughs> so I just moved on up to be the pool designer as well as the landscape designer. And then I got to control where I put the pool in the yard and control the budgets a little bit more. And it was uh, very successful. I worked basically from Napa to Sacramento for about 12 years there in Northern California. I, and then we decided to move back to Texas. Moving back to Texas, we, we picked a little bitty town at the edge of the Metroplex called McKinney to uh, be our home. Little did any of us know back in 1998 how much Frisco in McKinney, Texas was going to all blow up. They all thought I was an idiot when I left California because they were like, man, you've got this thing going and it's great. And you work from Napa to Sacramento and why in the world did you leave it? And then three years later, they were like, man, you were brilliant. How did you pick Collin County to go to of all places? <laughs> and I was like, blind dug luck. Sometimes a hog finds an acorn, even it is blind. So I couldn't have probably asked for a better place to land to be in the pool industry and to do what I do. So I've been back here for over 20 years working just in Dallas-Fort Worth area. And I have lots of requests because a long time ago, we started a YouTube channel to try to help people out, give some information. And so we have people that call all the time now that are like, oh, we are here in Florida and we're ready for you to build our pool. We've been watching you for eight years now. And We've seen all your videos, and I'm like, man, there's 300 of them. That's a lot to watch, but it's a resource for people. We don't go to Florida because of all my connections in the industry with people over the years. I, I refer them to other folks out there that I, we just stay here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Now, for our listeners, because you seem to be kind of very humble and that kind of stuff, but your builds are pretty freaking awesome. I mean... I post your stuff all the time exactly because of that. Going back to that lazy river that you built and, you know, just this latest one. I don't know if you noticed, I posted and everybody went crazy, especially because it was hot, especially over by the kitchen area and you got all the seats in front and everybody was going nuts. Sunken bar stools are a popular thing right now. <laughs> yeah, my daughter said several, when she was growing up, that she would tell people her dad worked in the pool business. And they all thought I built swimming pools. And she said, no. He designs the crazy one. <laughs> That's been the most accurate thing that I can describe. And the fact that 
I am blessed to work with some people that put pools in that sometimes cost three and four times the amount of my house. It is a wonderful opportunity, and I, I get to uh, do lots of different things. And the fun of my job is they're never the same. I mean, I work with different yards, different houses, and different clients. And so that's the fun of being a designer is I get to be creative in that process. So it's a lot of fun. And for everybody listening, when I tell you that Mike's stuff is completely out there, so we all know that Texas is flat, right? For the most part, Texas is flat. But yeah, here comes Mike doing (laughs) these builds, Mike, with these like hillside kind of slope things with, you know, I'm assuming you got to have retaining walls and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, where's Mike finding all this land to, to build these crazy pools? You know, again, that YouTube channel, the two things I got known for on there was hillside designs and lazy rivers. Okay. (laughs) And when people start looking for hillside work, they find my stuff. And yes, I have had the luck or it wasn't so lucky on the first one that I did out near Napa. I mean, that was a disaster. But you live and learn if you want to grow. That's what the industry I've tried for years to get better at what I do. It's never the same thing. And so, I look at different resources to learn from. And anytime you try something that's a challenge, you're going to fall on your face. That's why (laughs) they laughed the first time I taught at the International Pool Show. And they were like, oh, well, this guy doesn't mind getting up and telling about his mistakes and, you know, trying to help other people get better. And I'm not about to paint myself as the perfect designer. I've made mistakes. You know, I, I tried to understand construction and design. It's a process. And now and then you're just like, well, Never thought of that before or never experienced that before. But yes, I'm well-versed in piers and retaining walls. And I tell most of my clients, you know, you picked a great yard for a stream, but you want a pool. So we got to create a flat spot out here to stick it on. A lot of times it's like, wow, we're, we're going to have a hard time finding a flat spot. So we have to create them. So that's where I was this morning. Every single job I was on was some crazy elevation, but that's my reputation now. So when people got that stuff, they're like, okay, he can handle it. I'm the guy for it. So that's cool for sunken cabanas and swim up bars because you have all these different elevations. So that's why I've done a lot of those last year. I was like, golly, every other project's got a swim up bar on it. Those do go kind of crazy on Instagram. People like those pictures. They do. So I love the the sunken fire pits, the sunken kitchens. Those are my favorites. I love to post all that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you this. It was funny because you posted some pictures of the swim up bars. And so you had like 10 pictures and you had probably like nine pictures that were more gorgeous than just the shot of the swim up bar. It was like a close up swim up bar. And I'm like, man, Mike posted this for a reason this way. So I'm just going to reshare it exactly how he reshared it, right? Next thing you know, the last one that I posted had like 65,000 views, the one with the swim up bar. I mean, it went completely crazy. And then as we were kind of getting ready for the podcast, I kind of was like looking through. And then the previous swim up bar, one that you posted, it was the same thing. The reach was like absolutely insane. You know, it's true. I mean, they're they're definitely hot right now. And I think especially with the pandemic and everybody wanting to not just the hole in the backyard anymore. Right now, everybody wants the backyard retreat. We want the resort. We want everything that comes with the resort. 
And now and then I used to be like, you want what in your backyard? Are you kidding me? They do those on commercial pools. We're installing slides that are bigger than some water parks. And it's like, really? I mean, I had a lady the other day. She's, well, I need two. And I'm like, two? What do you need two? And she's like, I got four boys. They're very competitive. They'll want to race each other. So I need two 52-foot long slides. Okay, yes, ma'am, we can accommodate you. I tell people this all the time. There was pre-9-11, and the pool industry totally changed after 9-11. And there's going to be post-COVID, and the pool industry will never be the same as it was before COVID because the demand that people have for a space in their backyard that is their own piece of a resort will never change because people get a feel for it, and they're like, I go on vacation two weeks out of the year. I get to live in my house the other 50. So let's enjoy it all 52 weeks, you know, in our backyard or 50 weeks here. And then we can go to somewhere even crazier and come back with new ideas to put in the backyard. Now, let me ask you this, a little sidetrack here. I'm kind of like squirrel, squirrel. Sure. That's a great point that I had never even thought about, but you know, I think as the industry maybe slows down a little bit, right? We've been on this crazy high that you know, is unsustainable, right? I mean, eventually we're going to kind of come down a little bit. So do you see the, the future of the industry really kind of doing exactly what you're talking about, that people are really going to continue to look for that extra build in the backyard rather than just the, the standard pool? It's like if you've been on vacation to somewhere and you stayed in a really nice hotel, it's hard to go back to Motel 6, okay? Every time we go to vacation now, we want to go to the really nice hotel. And then you go to a little nicer one. So people retract? No, there's no way. And, and that's what happened, like I said, after 9-11. Before 9-11, there wasn't any outdoor kitchens. You think back on it, people didn't build an outdoor kitchen. They didn't have a big porch. <laughs> they didn't true. have all those things. And once they got it, I mean, that whole craze is going. It's never going to go back. The only thing that's different now is home builders build it into the house. Now you've got back porches that are 2,000 square feet that's under roof. I met somebody today. They want an evaporative cooling system in their cabana. In other words, we want an air conditioner out here uh, that we can put in. So you can't do a vaulted ceiling, Mike. we got to do a flat ceiling because we, we got to air condition the outside. Will they ever go back? No, it's a rubber band. Once it gets stretched out to a certain point, it's never going back to the point it was. So you might as well prepare for it because people are going to continue to want things now. That is so freaking cool. That would be that would be me, Mike, by the way, just to give you a heads up. <laughs> the number of projects may slow down. They may have to save their pennies longer to do it. But no, they're, they're going to want it. It'll be, it's going to be a fun ride. That is awesome. They come up with crazier and crazier stuff all the time. Yeah. So you mentioned the Lazy River. I never thought of anybody ever building a Lazy River in somebody's backyard 15 years ago. And, uh, you know, I built the first one that I did 10 years ago. And the phone has not stopped ever since we made a YouTube video of that thing, which is crazy because... Most people are like, oh, what can it be? 20,000 more? <laughs> I'm like, for the pump? Uh, no. So it, it's kind of funny what people's anticipation that things cost. And so, I mean, that's part of my job is to give people information. And part of it is people don't understand what things cost. Because at least for me, 80% of the people that show up here in North Texas never had a pool. And so... 
they don't know what to ask for right. or what to look for or what experience. And, and my job is the fun of it is, is educating them. So when they're done, they love it. And five years from now, they still love it. And 10 years, they love it. You know, and it's not like, oh, why come we didn't think of this? My job is to help them think about everything on the front end, uh, which sometimes wears them out a little bit. But, you know, at least they they end up where they want to be. So That's awesome. Now, you started doing some training. Well, you went to the international show and you did a class. So take take us a little bit back to your education because you do a lot of education. So walk us through through that growth and to where you are today. Sure. So like I said, I got a degree in landscape architecture, went and studied that. So I'm going to switch over and I'm going to be a pool designer now. So I go down to the bookstore. I check out all the books that they have on pool design. There's two books in the whole bookstore about pools. And I'm like, there's got to be more. So, you know, this was before Amazon existed. So you're you're looking, you're looking, you're looking, and then there's not anything. There's more books on outhouses or barns or things like that than there were in swimming pools in 1992. And so the way that you learned is you had some mentors. And luckily, I work for a great company. Jeremy of Pools is in Sacramento. They're like almost 100 years old now. And so there were some great people there that kind of helped me understand the pool industry and some pros and cons of things and hydraulics and all the things that I needed to get going. And I started building my little rectangles and three bubble pools. And it was basic stuff, you know, because you weren't asked to do crazy stuff then. People just kind of wanted to get wet. Uh, Along came, uh, I went to the international show. My first show was in 1998. And at that show, I ran into all these people that was like, it was like, wow, they're doing all these crazy things I hadn't even thought of or heard about. And there was David Tisherman and Lou Akins and Brian Van Bauer and Skip Phillips or all these teachers teaching these classes. And they started talking about this new thing that they were going to do, which was called Genesis uh, class. And I was like, well, this sounds really interested. I want to be associated with people like this. And what was funny is people don't realize back then you had to submit a resume uh, and it fill out an application to get on the list to go to Morrow Bay for the first class. And they turned me down oh, wow. and said, no, we're not interested in you. And so I was like crushed. I was like, man, I thought, you know, I looked later and the people that they picked were all great builders in the pool industry. And I'm like, well, of course you want to get great guys behind you. And so I applied the next year and you only got one class a year. I mean, that was it. And so the next year I got in and I got to uh, go to Morrow Bay and uh, hang out with some great people. And I made some friends there that are lifelong friends. In fact, I joke about it. We had dinner every night and most of the people was like, oh, this is a great place. Let's go to Morrow Bay. We're going to go on vacation. So we're going to bring our wife and we're going to bring our kids. And so almost everybody had their spouse with them. And I was a broke designer. <laughs> and I was like, I can't afford to take my wife. And I drove up my old Chevy pickup truck and parked in the parking lot anyway. Because I was there in Northern California. I didn't even have to right. fly because uh, I probably couldn't afford that. So anyway, showed up there. And so I had to sit at the singles table and the singles table, there was four people there. And one was Rebecca, uh, who writes for pool and spa news. And the other was Eric Herman who writes for Watershape. And then there was a guy that worked for Pentair, who was one of the head of the R and D's. And I can't remember who that was. And so we had to eat dinner together. And so those are people that I got to sit around 
who's some of the greatest people in the print industry and for our, our industry, uh, some of the greatest minds, I had to have dinner with them. Uh, and so later on, they're like, hey, there was that landscape dude that does pools and I need a quote on something landscapey. And so that's how I ended up in Pool and Spa News for the first time. The International Pool Show was in Dallas in oh, was it 2002. And there was a speaker's father that passed away, right? I mean, like three, four days before the show. And they, they were like, hey, do we have anybody local that can talk about landscaping in three days? And so they called me up and I was foolish enough to say, yeah, I could get up in front of a group of people and speak, which I did. And again, I don't mind telling people how I mess up stuff. And so I guess it went okay because they asked me and I started teaching at the regional shows and at the international shows. and. I always felt like I don't want to teach the same class over and over again. So I've always, every class I've done has been different. Again, uh, as an instructor, you're the one that usually learns the most because you got to get up in front of people and speak about it. So right. that's been really helpful for me in my journey. And then Genesis started to have a, a second class and then they came up with a program. And after 22 years uh, this week, I they posted that, Mike got certified in May to be a master's in Genesis. And so my feeling is that's great. So because I'll learn from anywhere. I view knowledge as kind of like a salad bar. I'm going to go and I'm going to pick the stuff mm-hmm. that I need and take it and put it into application. And the rest of the stuff, well, I can let it go by the wayside. And then, you know, you may take the same class 10 years later and it's like, wow, that, that guy really got smarter and it's, you're in a different spot. You know, you learn different things. Uh, so it's a journey. And that's the fun thing about the journey is there's always something I need to learn. Uh, so I keep taking classes and getting certified for stuff. It looks good on the office wall, uh, you know, <laughs> a bunch of plaques and stuff. But no, it's really about, you know, trying to learn things. And the other thing is it comes down to the people that you meet. Uh, and you know, when I did the first lazy river, I went to a pool show. I saw some guy doing some kayaking on a video and I went to his booth and he talked about current and I was like, well, that's kind of cool. I don't know if I'll ever do anything like that, but that's kind of neat. And when a guy came and asked me about a lazy river, uh, I was like, oh, I got that brochure in my file cabinet somewhere in my office. And then I had talked with Brian Van Bauer and he had done a job in the Caribbean. And so I called him up and said, Hey, will this thing work? And he's like, that's what I used. And I was like, okay. So, you know, it was funny when we did the first lazy river, we went to turn it on. The superintendent's like, well, you got to go ride in it because we're not sure if it's going to, if it's going to work. And if it doesn't work, we want you to take the heat on this. I got the first, I got to the, the maiden voyage in the lazy river. So that was kind of fun. Didn't work very well. The crazy thing is when they first came out with the article about that uh, river, I got countless calls, probably five, six, 10 calls a week that people would call me and ask me about lazy rivers. And the scary thing is half of them were contractors. You obviously, you know, doing those lazy rivers and you have now these contractors calling you for advice. It was kind of surprising because people would build them and not ask any advice of anybody. And so you would have guys that would be like, well, I'll never forget one guy. He's like, well, I've got six feet per second. And I said, oh, okay, how did you measure that? He said, and it's just not working. And he said, well, I threw a twig on the surface and it moved six feet in a second. 
<laughs> and I was just like, oh boy. <laughs> Guys are like, well, you know, I've got five, you know, pool pumps on here and it's not moving the water. I've got big pipe. I got two inch pipe on it, you know, so <laughs> it was really sad. These were projects that were done. Wow. And they were calling to ask me advice on it. And I was like, that's just crazy that people go out and build things and don't have the resources to go ask somebody that's done it before, you know, advice. And to me, yeah, I've done some crazy stuff, but if I'm going to go do something really crazy out there, I'm going to pick up the phone and I got people that I can call that have done it already, learn from their mistakes. You know, the crazy thing is come up with enough mistakes on your own, but you don't have to reinvent the wheel all the time. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, because I'm a, obviously I'm not a pool builder. Somebody that does that puts that two inch pipe and they don't have the flow. I'm assuming that you're screwed. You got to kind of go back down there and. It's a simple solution. You just core a 12 uh-huh. inch hole in the side of the pool. <laughs> About three of them. And then you go get a pump. Oh, yes. And the pump that you're going to buy, you're going to have to upgrade the service to the house for the electrical service to run that 10 horsepower thing. But when it goes down to variable speed, you know, on a low speed, it works fine. So it's a simple solution. It's just, it's crazy what people try to do. I understand. So it's a process. And case and example, I had a pool through processes, you get better at things. And a lot of times, you do something and you you go through this whole process to learn something and then the client says no. I mean, that happens to me all the time. And so the first Lazy River that I designed did not get built, okay? I had a client that sat down, they had a massive piece of property, they built a massive home and the, it was the father and the son and the daughter-in-law came up with this grand idea of this place they wanted to build and it was just awesome and i spent weeks on the design of it and they're like i put it in 3d and they're like oh we love it and everything and i'm like okay so we're gonna go get bids on it and it took special bids from all the subcontractors and we had meetings and we discussed everything and we figured everything out and then we finally sat down with them and they're like oh this looks great this is wonderful and we're like you ready to get going they're like oh no you need to meet mom and i'm like mom (laughs) who's mom And they said, well, I said, how come mom hasn't been at the meetings? And they said, mom didn't want to waste her time. And that should have been a red flag right there. (laughs) And so mom couldn't come to the office. I had to go meet mom at their uh, house that they were living in while this other one was in construction. And I sat down and presented everything. And mom had very choice words for me, like, are you a (laughs) moron? She didn't say moron. She had some other explicit things to say to me, which... (laughs) I'm not about to spend that kind of money. And then she looked at her children and husband and she's like, are you freaking idiots anyway? And anyway, she's like, I said, well, you know, we came up with it. If it's a little bit more than you want to spend. And it was over a million dollars. Okay. Wow. And this is years ago, years ago. And I'm like, well, we can revise it and get more with you. And she's like, we want to spend a hundred thousand (laughs) dollars. And I'm sitting there going, you want a hole in the wall? Uh, I, <laughs> I don't mean, think, defend the floor. I mean, and this was years ago. This this was over ten years ago. So you know, hundred thousand dollars still wasn't a bad pool at all. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, I was like, well, we're not in the same ballparks at all. And you walk away from that meeting just the you know felt like you got knocked out because you spent all this time. Everybody on our team spent all this time and effort on this thing, and you're like, what a waste. Three months later, the guy 
that I built the first Lazy River for walked in the office and he's like, I want a Lazy River. And I was like, oh, well, it's going to cost at least $400,000. And he was like, okay. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> nice. Said, You're going to have to upgrade the electrical in your house. He's like, oh, I get it. Anyway, I ran through real quick all the things that were a challenge with the Lazy River. And he's like, no, we're good. And so we designed that Lazy River, priced it all out. Very first design, he looked at it. And he's like, I want to tweak this and this. I mean, a little modification. He's like, I'm ready to go. And if we hadn't gone through that whole exercise to begin with, there's no way we could have been ready and as confident to present it to this person. So what happens is, you know, you fall on your face the first time you do something. Okay, that's fine. You learn from it. You pick yourself up. The next time you do it, you're going to be that much better and that much more prepared and that much more knowledgeable. And so that may be the time that you get to do it. And so it was a very valuable lesson for for me and my process because that happens with things all the time, especially when you're doing crazy stuff. And everybody wants to do crazy stuff, but a lot of times they don't realize that there's a learning curve to this stuff. And the challenge can be is if you're like the other pool guy that goes out and puts five you know, pumps on with two-inch suction and returns, that's an expensive lesson to learn. Okay. And that's where some people do learn, but you know, it's a lot better to learn from a process and you know, maybe not be successful, but then, you know, you did it right. And then the next one you get to do it. Yeah. And here's the beauty of our industry, Mike, is that a lot of times people think, oh, well, I can't ask questions or people seem like they wouldn't give feedback or stuff like that. But our industry, it's the other way around. I mean, I found that a lot of times you pick up the phone to call somebody and people are like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let me tell you about this or let me tell you or try this or try that. And that's a huge thing for our industry is that you have so many people that are willing to help other people out there. Yes. So, yes. Mike, let's do this. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. When we come back, we will continue because I do want to start talking about the challenge and everything that's kind of going into that. So, guys, we'll be right back. The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Now available, Pull Invoice. 
Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at blu-rayxl.com. Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation with Mike with the Million Dollar Design Challenge. And so a lot of great stories, by the way. I had the pleasure of talking to Mike, obviously, pre-podcast. So I got a lot of even bigger and better stories from Mike. And they're just all amazing, Mike. I, I love talking to you and hearing all the craziness of the things that go on on the bill side. Oh, it's an adventure every day. So, Mike, about four years ago, you guys came up with the idea of this million-dollar design challenge. Where where did that come from? Where did where where was it born? So, Reed and I worked together for a, a long time, and Reed went and got a degree in landscape architecture, just like I, I got a degree in landscape architecture. And one of the things in the landscape architecture education process is Everybody gets, uh, you know, okay, we're going to work on a project this week. Everybody gets the same exact project, okay? You have the same site, the same criteria, and everybody sits down to come up with their solution. And then when you're finished with your project, you present it to the class, okay? So works on your presentation skills. You get to show your graphics and all that. You get to show your, your reasoning behind your solution and your documents to back all this up. That process was very valuable because then you could sit there and be like, oh, that was real creative how they handled it because you tried to solve the same problem, but now you're seeing different spins on how to solve the same problem. So you get to learn from it. The other thing is then what happens is all the projects are hung up in the hallway. This is before they would post them on a computer. 
you know, they were hung up in the hallway and you would sit and study all the upperclassmen solutions to different projects. And you would see how all the different people did things. That's how you, that's part of the learning process is just taking in that information. What I found years ago is the more information I can take in, the better solution that I can create. Okay. And so we said, this doesn't exist in the pool industry. In the architecture industry, there is some of that. So we thought this would be a cool class uh, to teach. And so our proposal was to uh, Informa, who runs the education part of the pool show, is here's a class that we would like to teach. And it would be a design competition. Uh, Everybody would work on the same project. And there was a lot of benefits from it. But the class would be where people could uh, whether you did the project or not, you could come in and see different solutions and different graphics presentations and do how to do it. Because the challenge is, like I said earlier, everybody wants to do the crazy stuff. Okay. The challenge is if you do it and you get the job and you didn't figure it out right, that's an expensive lesson to have. Okay. And, and some people get those lessons. Uh, but wouldn't it be a better experience if I could? Try to design some crazy stuff when I'm, you know, I'm either not known for doing it or I haven't had the opportunity to do it or I haven't had a client come to me with this, these wants and needs. And if I could practice and see solutions, then I could get better without having to fail. Okay. As in fail with a client. Okay. As in fail, as in not get the job or as fail and get the job and we shouldn't have got the job. Okay. And so that was the thought process behind this class that we wanted to teach. Well, the Informa, who uh, does the educate part of the show, they're like, well, this sounds really cool. And what we would like to do is partner with you on this adventure. And we'll put up some flights to the pool show and we'll put up some hotel rooms and we'll put up a little bit of prize money. Uh, so people that, finish so what we looked at was the top five would be picked by judges okay so we have a judging panel that looks at all the projects and we pick the top five and then those top five get invited to the show to come and present their project and then at the show you know everybody gets to learn from it we actually hang them up so you can go look at it and study it and things like that and but in the class the class then votes on who the winner is so it takes it out of the judge's hands and puts it into the general public. And so now your presentation and everything has something to do with your end result and you know what everybody thinks about it. So we decided to make this a yearly challenge. We've come up with a different project every year and tried to come up with some different things to look at. So the first one was a crazy project actually near here in Texas. And it was a big hillside. And so we were like, you know, let's do this big, massive project on, you know. And basically, one of the things that people don't understand is a lot of people think, well, we have to be on budget and we have to spend a million dollars. That's not the concept. The concept is you can't do a project that's less than a million dollars. Oh, wow. There is not a cap on this project. And what's funny is when I first we came up with this contest, I had built one project that was over a million dollars. Okay, so very rare. And it's funny how things have changed here recently. I have on my desk at least six or seven projects that are all over a million dollars right now. That is crazy. And I know people that have done crazier projects than me. So sometimes it's the thought process of what you can do, 
Okay, well, even my thought process has been stressed in this whole thing. So the next year, we moved locations from Texas to, we went to Arizona, and we did a project there. So we try to do it in different geographic locations, so you look at different styles. So if I haven't experienced that, I have to do some research on things and landscaping and things like that. So again, stretching and learning, and we had different criteria that are required by the customer. So again, we're now moving. Now we've gone, this project is going to be in Chicago. This project is in a tiny piece of property. Okay. Versus the first one was massive. I mean, it was sprawling all over the place. And part of our thought process with this is, one is, in my opinion, I told a client this today. She's like, I just got this dinky backyard and you know, I'm sorry you don't have more to work with. And I said, here's the thing. The small yard is the hardest yard to design. Because every inch is critical in this yard. And so for us to come up with a different solution, we've got to think about how this all works. And it's down to like where she wanted to put the pool equipment. I'm like, you can't do that. That's where your sewer cleanouts are. I mean, we've got to understand all these pieces and how it goes together. So now we've got this project in Chicago. Uh, there's a rooftop garden. I mean, how many people have done stuff on rooftops? Now we're going to make you stretch and think about that. We're going to make you think about the weather in Chicago, how to deal with that. We're dealing with a small, narrow space. You're going to deal with that. We also, the client wants some form of current. Could be a lazy river, but more than likely, there's not enough room for a lazy <laughs> river. So you got to come up with something like that. So again, th this challenge was basically to throw things out that you haven't experienced. So you can try it and learn from it. And the one thing that's probably, yes, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to win some money and the money's getting better and better all the time. It's not about really winning. It's how much can you get out of this and how much can you grow? So when you're given an opportunity, so it's hilarious. I guarantee you there's people that are going to do this project that have never done a rooftop project. Never. And within a year, they're going to get asked to do that. I guarantee it because that's the way it happens. When you're prepared, things show up. If you're not prepared, it usually doesn't show up. Okay. And when I was younger, I used to think, well, I really want to get this. Well, I wasn't prepared to handle it. Okay. I couldn't handle million dollar projects. I mean, I wasn't properly, you know, I didn't have the skills to do it. And so thank goodness they didn't show up. I would have probably been the guy that got it and then. That would have been an expensive <laughs> lesson. So, but the thing is, when you prepare for things, you're just more confident when you talk about it. Well, I've done that. Okay. And a client doesn't need to know that it was a fictional project. I mean, so right. I came up with this cool design. You know, had you thought about this and this and this? And there's going to be things that you're going to have to look up and learn. And the other thing is, there's people that are new to the industry that are trying to figure out, you know, is this something I want to try? And the problem is set up for, you can get the problem. You don't necessarily have to enter your problem. Okay. You could sit down and solve the whole thing on how you think it should be done. And then you show up to the class and see how everybody else does it. Okay. And that that's how, again, you learn is by it. But if you have to actually mentally go through it versus just showing up in the class and sitting in the class, you'll learn a few things. But if you actually sit down and think, how am I going to do this and try to think through some of the things, then you appreciate and you learn even more. It's a cool thing, and it's been gathering traction. One of the challenges we have in the industry right now is we're all busy. Slam busy. Oh. Okay. We're all so, so busy. So what we did the first year, personally, I worked on my project probably 60 hours. 
Okay. Oh, I don't wow. have 60 hours to put yeah. into a project. Okay. Because I could do three or four other projects that are going to pay me to do that. I mean, it's not. <laughs> so we had to look at how can we still offer this growth opportunity and have a much smaller situation. So the time effort wasn't quite as heavy as it was before. So that's one of the things we've changed up. We're growing too, trying to figure out how to make this a good situation for people. There is a benefit in the the prize money keeps getting bigger. That's kind of cool. I know. We talked about it and I want to share it on the podcast because I think it's pretty freaking cool, Mike, uh, where you guys have landed so far. And God knows how much more it's going to grow. At the beginning, what was your prize money and what is it now? The first year, it was $5,000 for all top five places. Top five. In fact, the the fifth one, all they got was a trip and a hotel room. They didn't get any money. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, for a lot of people are like, well, I don't get paid to do design work, so this is great. I'm getting paid something. Uh, Yeah. That was a good thing. So uh, one of the things is we have a sponsor come to us this year, Riverflow, and Riverflow does current. Riverflow's who I used on that first lazy river that I built. We go back a long ways, and I, I think they have an amazing product because when I turned it on the first time, it worked. You know, which you certainly hope is going to happen. Uh, so they came to the table and they said, you know, a lot of people understand lazy rivers, but they don't understand current. And so we would like to offer that as part of the solution. And part of that is we want to, you know, apply $10,000 to the first prize. That's so awesome. Uh, just the first prize is that itself. And then, the, you know, if you go onto the website, there's a breakdown of all the prize money. Uh, there's still the first top five now the fifth place one does get money. Nice. Uh, so they're all five going to get a trip to the show. and They get put up in the hotel. There's prize money available. But those are all great and wonderful things. But as a professional, the thing that I think is the best part about it is we all get to learn. Okay. So I, I do the project as well. And to me, for me to be a judge, I'm one of the first ones that judge the initial to figure out the top five. I have a totally different perspective than some of the judges that just overlook all the projects and they haven't actually done it because I'm sitting there going, well, that solution won't work. They didn't handle that right because of this situation that I know. And and anyway, so it makes me a good judge. And then, you know, I get to present my solution and why I came up with it. So, and I'm a... I'm a little bit different than most of the people. Most people are phenomenal on, you know, their computer graphics and all that stuff. I'm an old school guy. I draw everything by hand. <laughs> you know, that's the fun is Reed and me in some ways are polar opposites. He was the young tech guy. And I, I'm sorry he's not here on tonight because he offers a totally different perspective on stuff. I hired him uh, as a 15-year-old to do pool studio for me. Uh, so that's how our relationship started a long time ago. And so he's put, you know, over 20 years into the pool industry at this point. And people are like, wow, you don't look that old. Well, he started when he was 15. I mean, he's worked in it more than half his life, uh, which am now at that point able to say that about myself. <laughs> I started when I was younger. And the cool thing is uh, the younger you start and the more you learn from us old guys, the quicker you'll get there. And do better and cooler and more wonderful things than we even thought of. So well, and even on the in the climate that you're talking about, with the expectations of the industry and how the industry has changed, right? Oh yes, it's a lot more complex now because you have so many other things that are coming in that you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was really kind of the landscape, just the hole in the backyard, and then you were done. 
you know, a lot of those people that are coming in, they're going to need that experience and they're going to need to go through those practice runs. I see new designers coming into the industry that are asked to do things that I didn't do the first 15 years I was in the industry. They're asked to do that the first year. Uh, so yes, the learning curve is, but the faster you learn things, the better you're going to be able to perform for your clients, the the more you know opportunity you're going to be given. Education even becomes a, a more premium at this point. So it took me 22 years to go through the Genesis program. <laughs> There's people that have done it in three years. Okay, they had to pay a lot more money because they had to go on a lot of flights to get it a lot of different places. But their opportunity to do things happened at a much faster rate than it did for me. And yes, I was kind of slowly, they said, if raise everything, all ships, you know, raise up type thing. Mine was a slow raise. Others are going up much faster. So, and it's amazing what you see on Instagram today, you know, of all the cool things that all the different people are building. You know, to me, when I first you know, started in the pool industry, I was, like I said, I was trying to find a book by which I could learn how to do things. And I'll never forget, you know, Reed showed me Instagram about three years ago, maybe four years ago. And I was like, goodness gracious. I mean, look at all this cool stuff on here. You know, and my feeling is the greatest designer. Well, I had a college professor say this years ago, the greatest designer is the greatest thief. What we are as designers is, again, the more I can input to my head and have in my library, you know, not that I'm going to put all those things on the next design, but once it's in there, when the situation comes up that calls for it, you know, you can do it. A lot of people saw a project I did six, seven years ago and it had a wa wooden water wheel on it that's 10 feet tall. Which, by the way, that builds is amazing. That, that whole thing is gorgeous. It's, it was crazy and the site's beautiful. And they're like, where in the world did you come up with that? And I was like, in the very first Genesis class, I sat there and David Tisherman showed a project with a water wheel on it. And I was like, that's insane, but that's really cool. And I salted it away. I didn't pull it out for the next 15 years, but then 15 years later, some guy was talking about a unique water feature in his French chateau type woodland setting. And I was like, did you ever think about something like this? And he was like, oh yeah, that would be cool. It's a fun, fun industry. It's never boring. We, we get lots of opportunity. The situation is hopefully your opportunity is uh, something you can learn on the backs of other people. And you will achieve much faster than trying it on your own, most definitely. Absolutely. Hey, Mike, let's do this. Let's take our final word from our sponsors. When I come back, I want to continue a little bit the conversation about the Million Dollar Challenge. We'll be right back, guys. The Hyper Poll from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care poll designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. 
Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open fleet spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation with Mike Farley, and we are talking about the million dollar design challenge, which is pretty awesome, Mike, by the way. So I, I really didn't know a lot of the background of it. And it kind of excites me. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. You know, we are in an industry that we get a lot of people that go out and they do take a lot of classes. The biggest challenge and one of my biggest pet peeves, Mike, is that people can go take a class. The hardest part is them taking that knowledge that they learned and how do they implement it? Because realistically, what ends up happening is most people will go take a class they took the class, they thought it was great, and that's the moment that it died. Right. Right. And so we do a financial business class. We created a program where people have to physically enter their numbers so that they physically get something that they take and then they know exactly where they're at. And for us as Pool Nation, that's one of our biggest pet peeves is like, how do we change that? And how do we change that in the industry so that people can really kind of take advantage? So when we started talking about the million dollar challenge, I got super excited because when we talk about somebody having to learn something, the best way is by having to put it into application and having to do it. Yes, sir. And so that's exactly what the million dollar design challenge does is it makes you, it forces you to take your skill, to put it into play to create the design, to create the build, and then they have to go and present it. And so now what that's done is it's completely given you the whole gamut of the, of the learning process. Like you physically have done it. So when you go back and you sit in your office and you got to design something, 
you've already done everything. You took the class, you took the learning, you dig the practice. It's a hundred percent. Like there's no, to me, there's no better way to learn than what you guys are doing with, with that design. So it's, yeah, it sticks. Once you've done it, you've done it once now to do it again, it's an easier process. Uh, that's the way it always is. So, you know, we force the, it, uh, to occur once that's how I learn best. Again, we get a lot out of it because, uh, we try to figure out things that would be helpful for people to do. And sometimes it's things that we need to learn too. Well, and the beauty of it, Mike, is not only that, now you have these group of people that have done it and then they're going to be able to go into this training class. They're going to be able to talk about it. They've met this network of people now. Now they have this network of people that they could pick up the phone and say, Hey, I'm doing this build and this is the challenge that I'm having. So, I mean, to me, it's, it's awesome because you get everything out of it, even the networking, even building that bridge with somebody else. And so, you know, I mean, it's amazing. Now, is is entering the challenge free? It's completely free? Yes, the challenge is free. Well, again, we're trying to open the opportunity to as many people as possible. And again, some people we understand aren't going to dive into it and, you know, come up in with something maybe the first year, maybe they're going to dip their toe in it and then, then come to the class. Uh, it's still a very valuable learning exercise. We do have a deadline, which is uh, September 18th is when the uh, projects will be turned in at that point in time. Everybody's totally uh, anonymous. In fact, we, me and Reed, all we get is a number. <laughs> so when people enter, there's somebody that takes the people that enter and assigns them the number and it's not me and Reed. We don't have anything to do with it. So we actually don't know who the five finalists are until we pick the five. And then at that point, it's revealed to us who the five finalists are, uh, which is, is kind of a fun process as well. It, it's going to be a lot of fun this year, I think, because of the size of the project. I think more people have opportunity to work on it. It's a, a good group of people that you get to know. One of the things is one of the prize, one of the five is guaranteed to be a finalist is under 30. We want to promote young people in the industry. And so one of the, the, the top five, they may be 10th place, but they'll move, be moved up to fifth place. So we have somebody that's represented under 30. We first started doing it with students. And the challenge we've had with some colleges with COVID and everything like that, that's been a little bit difficult. So there's a lot of people also in the industry that didn't go to college, okay, that have taught themselves how to do this. And, and they're rather young as well. So in fact, I did a presentation to some high school kids and they wanted to know if they could enter the contest. And I was like, oh, I don't know if we can give you a trip to Vegas. Uh, <laughs> You didn't even think about that. It's like, if you can't make it to Vegas. <laughs> if you're 16 years old, we probably, you know, we can send your mom for you. <laughs> <laughs> Is your mom coming? Your dad? <laughs> uh, anyway, so, uh, but we're trying to promote the industry, especially the youth, as we all in the industry are looking at, you know, new ways to uh, reach out to the general public and explain how cool the pool business is. Uh, so, it's hilarious. Every time I've sat down and explained to somebody what I do, they're like, that's the coolest thing in the world. I didn't even know that type of thing existed. I mean, it's a lot of fun. I look forward to seeing, you know, all the cool things people come up with. And there will, I'm sure will be some things that I will borrow and 
using my creativity in the future that <laughs> are developed from those things. It's good for everybody. That's awesome. I love it. I, I love everything about it, Mike. I think it's a, it's a great, great program that you guys have put together. So the deadline is September 18th. So where do people go in to submit and register for the challenge? Sure. We have a website. It's pretty simple. It's the million dollar pool design challenge. Okay. So the website is the million dollar pool challenge. Uh, but if you Google it, you'll find us. There's not many million dollar pool challenges out there. <laughs> There's the websites there. You can register within a day. They'll send you all the uh, data on the project and the, the, uh, description of the site the, the client and then you go to work on it you get all the details and you you get cracking yes sir that is that is awesome that is awesome mike i i truly believe that this is exactly what the industry needs and we need to change right we you know we've done things the same way for so many years you know we believe that education needs to change and we're tr constantly trying to figure out how do we change that and what you guys, what you and Reed have come up with to me is is by far probably the best thing that I've found from the standpoint of putting somebody through a learning process. And for them, when they leave, guaranteed leave with something better than what they came in with. That that we can guarantee. That we can guarantee. I love that. And then the networking for all these people that are entering that. I mean, that's one of the things that I talk about all the time is is creating that network sometimes is just so powerful. And being able to, you know, network with everybody out there. So the winner is announced at the International Pool and Spa Show in Vegas. And yeah. what day is the, what day is that? So it's the second day of the show. We're on the floor. Actually, in the class, they will vote for the winner. And literally, they tabulate it right there in the back. And so the check is given to the winner at the end of the class. Uh, so it is uh, kind of, you know, drum roll, and here's the results that spit out. And last year, it came down to one vote uh, was the difference between first and second. Wow. It was really close, uh, and people do amazing work, and people have learned to do, you know, new things, and it's helped them in their careers. So it's, like you said, it's, it's a pretty nice win-win. Absolutely. Absolutely. So everybody that's listening, if you have any questions on to how to be able to register, you can go to the website. If for some reason you forget, send us a message at Pool Nation. We will, you know, send you the information out there. We will be at the show as well, Mike. That's the night of our Pool Nation Awards out there. So I'm actually going to go check out um, your competition there because that kind of sounds pretty, pretty exciting. And I'm kind of bummed that John is not on the podcast because it was a little bit earlier for John. It was, I think, like 3.30 his time. So he was in the middle of his work day. But his dream, his dream is to eventually build. So I know that if he was here, he would have been geeking out. He probably, this podcast would have probably been like two hours, Mike, because he would have been <laughs> all over the place just asking questions. And I'm sure he's going to kick himself when he listens to the podcast. It's a good way to start. Like I said, we are, we're all going to learn in the process. And the best way is to learn with uh, from other people, not just on your own. Absolutely. Now, Mike, anybody that's listening that wants to either look at your YouTube page, look at your Instagram page, where, where do they go? Uh, so Farley Designs is Instagram. Mike Farley, A-S-L-A-S-W-D is my YouTube. 
and again, the YouTube was started just to uh, give people information. So it's for clients, it's for builders. I've had a lot of builders over the years say, yeah, I show my client your video to explain something. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, as an industry, we say a lot of things and do a lot of things and we assume people know stuff. It's not true. And so that's why we made the videos. One of the first videos we ever did was, what is a skimmer? <laughs> right. And what a sk- what is a skimmer has yes. like oh almost 100,000 views. <laughs> yeah. Because clients don't know what that is and they don't want to feel stupid. So they go home and Google it. And then the same thing happens to us, Mike, with the, the information and the training that we do and stuff like that. It's like, the other day we were, you know, talking and somebody asked, what is, you know, what's an SVRS right, pump? But a lot of people feel afraid to ask that question. And then those are a lot of the most important ones. And like you said, it ends up with the most views out there. Anyways, Mike, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for jumping onto the podcast. Everybody out there listening, go check out the challenge. For those of you that are new, that are thinking about whether you should do it or not, listen, just go do it. You've got nothing to lose. You, well, yes, sir. Best case scenario, it's 10 grand, right? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a pretty nice uh, little price. So, yeah, well, thank you for letting people know about this. Uh, we just appreciate the opportunity to share with everybody. No problem. I appreciate it, Mike. You have a great evening, everybody. We will catch you actually tonight on our Instagram live and uh, we'll see everybody then. Have a great one, Mike. Take care, sir. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com.